Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I'm super glad that you are tuned in today because here's the scoop. It is the time of year where everybody has an opinion, a strategy, an approach, a tool for your new year goals, resolutions, whatever you want to call them. And the fact is, there are a ton of different approaches. I want to share with you what I believe about this, because I'm sure I'm not alone in the fact that I have failed to achieve more New Year's resolutions than I've actually achieved. And what typically happens is that I start out with this picture-perfect plan. I've got clarity. I know what I want. I know what it's going to take. And then I don't execute it. And I don't execute it because either I got distracted or because I was holding tight to this notion of doing it perfectly and then I got really discouraged by my own imperfections or the things that got in the way. And I believe that there is a much, much better way. And the beautiful thing about this better way is that it is the simpler way. I personally feel very, very strongly from my own experience and working with thousands of clients over the last six, seven years now is that the simplest approach wins. The simpler that we can make this, this pursuit of change, this pursuit of improvement, the simpler that we can make it, the better it will be. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't love the big, shiny, exciting thing. And I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, maybe six, well, I don't know. At some point in 2020, I bought Jesse Itzler's calendar, but it's not just a calendar, right? It, I think I paid like 1500 bucks for it. Um, because in addition to being this massive calendar, probably like four feet wide by three feet long, um, it was also this coaching thing where there were webinars every month and then there were small group accountability things and this, that, there are all these different pieces to it. And I, I just didn't really use it. I mean, I loved the calendar, like everybody loves a new calendar, right? But I filled it out for a few months and no month did I really execute the way that I filled it out because there was just a lot to it. There were a lot of components. There were a lot of different pieces, a lot of moving parts. And I want to acknowledge that that is appealing. The, the, the clear cut, every step is defined kind of approach is very appealing because we, we can feel confident in it. Like, oh yeah, this is a great plan. I feel good about this. But if it's not simple, we're probably going to struggle. So what I want to talk about today is an approach so simple that you might be like, really, Elizabeth, that's all you got? Like, that's, that's so basic. But because it's so basic, 
it works. It works no matter what gets in your way. It works no matter how much time you have. It works whether you're motivated or not. I want to talk to you about a much simpler way, a much more effective way to ensure that you get what you want this year, that you achieve the goals that matter the most to you. And I want to start by having you simplify and pare down, okay? So this is one of those episodes that functions more as a workshop. So I wouldn't listen to this when you're driving or you're working out or even when you're washing dishes. I would want you to really find a time to listen to this when you can sit down with a blank journal or even a single piece of paper, right? It doesn't matter at all. You can turn over a, an envelope and work it over on that, but I really want you to put pen to paper on this. So first thing we're gonna do is we're going to simplify. When I get on the phone with a client and I'm like, talk to me about what you want to improve in your life. It's rare that I talk to somebody that has fewer than five to seven things because they probably want to be better with their finances and stay more on top of home cleaning and organization and lose weight and start meditating regularly and working out more regularly and eating healthier and investing more wisely and all of these different things. Start with the three areas of your life that you want to improve the most. What are the three areas of your life? And it's okay if at this starting point, they are general, okay? You know that I'm a huge fan of specificity, but for this, it's okay if you say marriage versus some very specific aspect of your marriage, But let's get really clear on the three areas. Think about finances. I would separate that between, say, like savings, uh, spending, debt, and investments, right? Because if we just say finances, that can be very, very, very different things. Um, But otherwise, it's, it's okay to be general. So think about nutrition, or fitness, or friendships, career, parenting. Narrow down to the three that you want to improve the most. And I hear you that there's probably more than three. But what are the three that are the most important? Or think about it in terms of what are the three that'll have the biggest impact? What are the three that will have the biggest impact. Then I want you to get clear on, of those three, which one matters the most to you? Like if you could get to the end of the year and you had only made substantial progress on one, and I'm not saying that you're limited to one, but I want to help you focus. That doesn't mean that we're not going to do anything about the other two. Sometimes we get in our own way here, like, I can't pick just one. Yeah, you can. Because we're not saying we don't care about the other two. We're not saying we're not going to pursue improvement in the other two. We very much can, but I want you to get clarity on the one of those three that matters most or will have the greatest return. Like if I were given a wish that only one of these areas could get dramatically better, which one would I choose? Maybe this is one that makes the others 
less important or less necessary, right? Like I talk to a lot of people who will say, for example, um, they want to improve their weight and they want to improve their marriage and they want to have, they want to develop closer friendships. And they say, well, you know, a lot of the part that gets in the way of my marriage or that keeps me from developing friendships is how I feel about my weight. So if I could just get to a place where I was feeling amazing about my body and feeling really confident, then I think that that change alone would make my marriage better and that would make my ability to connect with other people better. That's what I mean when I say like which one makes the other ones less less in need of improvement. Maybe that's finances for you. Maybe the primary driver of your stressors is money. And so if that were to improve, then it would ease up the issues you're having in certain areas. And, you know, we never know for sure, but the beautiful thing about it is we're not limited to one. I just want to help you identify focus, okay? So what we started with are the three areas of your life, and we can be general, that you want to improve most. And then which is the most important one? Which is the top priority? Which one either matters the most to you, would improve your life the most, or would alleviate many of the other things? What is that number one? And I'll tell you that that is the one we're going to focus on. Not forever, but starting out. And I want you to think about it like this. For everybody that's like, but I still have to make improvements with finances and I still have to focus on my marriage. No kidding. We all focus on many things in a day, whether that is feeding our kids or keeping our house clean or doing well in our jobs and working out. We all do that naturally. So this is not saying that's taken off the table and we're not doing anything for it. We're just establishing the primary focus. And I think about the carnival game. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me give this analogy before, but are you familiar with that carnival game where you have a water gun where you're standing behind the counter and on the other side of the counter, maybe six feet away, is a target, like a bullseye. And above the bullseye is a hot air balloon or a star. I've seen it all sorts of different things. And your objective is to aim the stream of water at the center of the target. And when you are on center, the object above the target rises. And the goal is to get the object above the target to rise and hit the bell at the top. And then you win. When you are trying to hit six or seven different targets at once, you just don't make as much progress. That does not mean that we aren't aware of and focusing on improvements in other areas. It's just about our primary focus, not our exclusive focus. There's not anybody that lives in a bubble, bubble, but our primary focus, okay? Then the next thing I want you to do is ask yourself today, what is the one thing I will do for the one thing? I told you this is going to sound super basic, but but hang with me here. Let's say that you chose finances, specifically getting out of debt. Every single day, I want you to ask yourself, what is the one thing I'm going to do about the one thing? The one thing being getting out of debt. Maybe the one thing you're going to do today is you are going to get all the numbers together 
on an Excel spreadsheet. So you know, these are all of my outstanding debts. And this is how much I owe on each one. And this is the minimum monthly payment, right? I'm just going to get all of that in one place. Every single day, you are going to ask yourself, what is the one thing I'm going to do about the one thing? Maybe you said the one thing was eating better. Okay, the one thing I'm going to do today about the one thing is drink uh, 100 ounces of water or not have any processed sugar. It's just for today. It is just for today. And that's what I think is so powerful about this approach is when we make it this big, huge thing, we can either overwhelm ourselves and be completely overtaken by doubt. Like, oh, if I'm saying I'm only going to have sugar once a week, well, oh gosh, I, I had sugar today and can I go without it for the next six days? And I've got this party on Friday and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And it just becomes a lot more complex than it needs to be. The other thing that can happen when we focus on more than the one thing for the one thing today is that we can defer really easily. We've got this big, robust, long-term plan. So like, hey, I dropped the ball, but tomorrow. And then what we miss out on is the fact that there are incremental improvements we can make every single day. And those incremental improvements, those tiny things that in and of themselves don't seem like crap, they're actually huge and they add up so quickly. I've shared with you guys my approach in writing this book. When I think about writing a book and I give myself, say, a year to do it, a year seems like a really, really long time. So, hey, if I don't write today, it's no big deal. I can write tomorrow. But also, writing a book is like, super overwhelming and where do I start and I don't really know and I could work on the title or I could work on this or maybe the outline needs to be improved or maybe I should start editing. No, I shouldn't start editing. I need to be coming up with new ideas and I need to be looking for new ideas and I need to be thinking about. No. The one thing that I'm going to do for the one thing is I'm going to write for 60 minutes at 7 a.m. And in and of itself, writing for 60 minutes today doesn't seem significant at all. Like, okay, I got 631 words written. That ain't crap. But you know what? After 14 days, when I've gotten 15,000 words written, that is significant progress in two weeks. And it makes it manageable. And because I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm going to block out this entire day to focus on writing. I'm just thinking in terms of the one thing that I'm going to do today. It doesn't matter if that one thing takes me 10 minutes or an hour or four hours. It's just one thing, but it adds up so quickly. The one thing I'm going to do about the one thing today is what? I shared the Daily Mindset Upgrade the other day, and I said something along the lines of, your past is not a prison, it is just a pattern. Your past of binge eating, your past of shopping on Amazon every single day, your past of you know, being distant or passive aggressive with your partner, that's not a prison. It's a pattern. And somebody texted me back because the daily mindset upgrades, we can text back and forth. And somebody said, okay, but how do you break the pattern? One choice at a time. That's it. We don't need some big grand strategy. It doesn't happen with this foolproof paradigm shift and you never look back and you never go back. No, no. It's one choice at a time. And that 
is all this is. Now, when we talk about that, that primary focus, you know, you came up with the three areas that you most want to improve and then we picked just one. What I would challenge you to do, whether you do it today or you do it tomorrow, can be your one thing for tomorrow. What are some of the highest ROI or return on investment, the most valuable activities for that thing? And I like to use weight as an example here because you know, when we talk about a primary goal of weight loss, there's going to be things that really move the needle and things that don't move the needle very much. For example, if you are uh, overeating every evening after dinner, you know, you eat pretty well every single day and then you overeat after dinner, then your one thing probably shouldn't be a fat loss friendly breakfast, you know? Is that associated with the weight goal you want to have? Yeah, sure, but you're already kind of doing that. It's not related to where you're going to have the biggest impact on your personal results. So maybe what really moves the needle for you is that you identify just one indulgence that you're going to have tonight instead of grazing through six, you know? But this is where the individual aspect of this comes in. When I think about me and a goal of writing a book, what really moves the needle is time writing, time organizing, and time editing. But there might be somebody out there who they're incredibly organized. They've got an outline, they've got timelines, then their one thing probably doesn't need to be organizing their thoughts or organizing their outline because they're already on top of that. But this person puts off writing very regularly or starts for two minutes and then gets distracted and decides to, you know, follow up on the email that just came in. So a a dedicated writing time without distraction is probably going to be something that moves the needle the most. With that said, it doesn't have to be the same thing every day. When I think about me and nutrition and my what I call big rocks, like the things that move the needle most, the things that are really going to drive results when it comes to nutrition. There are a few of them. So it's okay if today I say, well, my, my one thing for my one thing is to not have any processed sugar. But then tomorrow, my one thing for the one thing could be to follow my meal plan, which includes you know, one of the cookies that my mom dropped off, but it's the discipline of saying like, I've defined what I'm doing for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. That includes this cookie. My objective is to stick to that instead of picking uh, picking at the chocolates that the cleaning ladies brought over as a holiday gift. You know, that's, that's the one thing. They can be different. They can absolutely be different. If your one thing is upgrading your mindset, then maybe today your one thing is making time to meditate because you didn't do that yesterday. But maybe tomorrow your one thing is not watching TV because that's part of how you give yourself space and you do more reading and you connect more with people in your life and you're not polluting your mind with whatever reality TV show you usually watch for two hours in the evening. The one thing I'm going to do about the one thing is, and you ask yourself that every single day. The one thing I'm going to do about the one thing is this. It's one choice at a time. And we can always say to ourselves just for today, look, when I say I'm not going to have any processed sugar today, I'm not worried about like, oh gosh, how am I going to handle this on Saturday when we have a, a holiday party? No, no. The fact is, the one thing I might do for that day is pick 
one thing that's really worth it and enjoy it, but just have that one, right? Or maybe it's two, whatever is an improvement for you. But when we stay focused, we avoid freaking out in uncertainty about what comes next just for today, just this once. Tomorrow, the goal and the objective might be different. It might be the same. Either way, it's okay. Now, the key is we want to check in every week with how is it going? How is it going? What did I want to accomplish this week? How did it go? What am I striving for next week? Am I asking this question? Do I need a better process for asking this question? Do I need more accountability? Do I want to bring in a friend with me on this? Do I want to coach? Do I want to pay for some sort of accountability with this? But it is so simple and it is equally as powerful as it is simple. The one thing I'm going to do about the one thing is what? You could do 17 things. Yes. If your primary objective is to get out of debt or it's to lose weight or it's start a new business, I have no doubt that you could identify 17 things. And look, I'm not saying that you're only going to do that one. It's that we're doing the one and knocking it off. And then if we go on to do a second or a third or a 12th thing, that's totally fine. But our commitment and our discipline is to identify and execute the one thing we're going to do about the one thing today. All right. The other piece of this is expect mistakes. Expect things to not go according to plan. And also expect that you're not going to be dramatic in response to that. You're just going to begin again. The goal is not to avoid setback or to avoid struggle. It's to respond well to setback and to struggle. If you have the expectation that you're going to be flawless in your execution, then you're going to get all flustered and overwhelmed when you're not flawless in your execution. Things are going to happen. I had been consistent for probably 60 days on my writing in the morning routine. And then I had to go to Boston for doctor's appointments. And I decided, you know what? I'm, I'm, the, I'm just not going to write today. I brought my laptop with me to the hospital and I could have absolutely got that writing time in while I was in the waiting room, but I decided not to. I decided that I just wanted to be on Pinterest and listen to a podcast and get back on text messages and, and not write. I didn't want to whip out my laptop. I didn't want to think about heavy stuff while I was in the waiting room at the hospital. That's going to happen. It's not a problem. How I respond to that is what matters. And so the next day, I was just back at it. If you expect that you are going to be flawless, then it just creates all sorts of unnecessary drama when you're not. I know things aren't going to go according to plan. That is okay. How I respond to that is what matters most. I tell my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients all the time, what matters is drama-free re-engagement. Drama-free re-engagement. I saw a quote the other day from LeBron James, famous basketball player. Um, and he says, don't be afraid of failure. This is the way to succeed. Failure, screwing up, making mistakes, having setbacks. The goal is not, I say this all the time, but the goal is not to avoid struggle or challenge or perceived failure. The goal is just to get better at how we respond to those things. And along those lines, expect that your motivation is going to ebb and flow. Nothing's wrong with you. 
right? You're not bad. You're not wrong. You're not off track. Motivation will ebb and flow, just like happiness ebbs and flows, just like sadness ebbs and flows. The beautiful thing is, and this is where you need to establish this as a new way that you think, you don't need motivation. You can do the one thing about the one thing, whether you're motivated or not. I, this morning, did not want to work out. It was on my calendar, a 30-minute workout, and I was totally unmotivated and thinking, oh, I'll do it later, this, that, and the other thing. Maybe I won't do it today. No, I'm just going to do it unmotivated. Was it the best workout in the world? No, but it doesn't need to be. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm not trying to have every single day be a level 10 effort day because I know that that's just not real life. That some days I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm into this. And other days I'm not at all. And so I just got it done. And I took more breaks and I had a TV show on while I was doing it. And the intensity level was lower than normal. But I got it done. You can do the one thing about the one thing, whether you're stressed, angry, overwhelmed, overworked, unmotivated. It doesn't matter. Expect that you will feel that way. It is not a struggle. It is not a problem. It's not even a barrier. It is part of the process and we can still execute. My, my one thing today was, in fact, getting in that workout. And it was the one thing I really didn't want to do. And I was like, look, it doesn't have to be an A-plus workout. It just needs to be a workout. And I don't have to love it. I don't have to feel great about it. I don't have to want to do it. I can do it. And so can you. Establish this as your new belief system. That motivation is awesome and we should appreciate it when it's around. And it's also not going to be around all the time. And that is just fine. The one thing about the one thing you can do, whether you feel like it or not, whether you're motivated or not, and just get in the pattern of asking yourself that question at the start of every day. I like to write it down so I can look back on it. I like that feeling of accomplishment. I'm a check it off kind of girl. But it's also cool to look back on the month and be like, look at all these little things that I did that in and of themselves would seem totally inconsequential. But over the course of a month, like holy moly, they made a really big difference. The one thing I will do about the one thing is what? And I want to reiterate the review piece of this that's so important. Put on your calendar as a meeting with yourself, whether it's at the beginning of the week or the end of the week. Let's just touch base on, okay, the one thing is what? What were all the things I did for the one thing this week? What could I maybe do differently next week? But accountability and staying in the game and reviewing that process, it can take five minutes. This is not something that's as complex as an hour-long meeting with yourself or that you need a system or a process for. Remember, the simpler this is, the better it will be. The one thing I'll do today about the one thing is what, and then I take a few minutes every week to review what the one thing is, what I've done for it in the last week, and what I want to switch up in the coming week. Now here's the deal, once it starts to feel automatic, or like you've got some real comfortable momentum going, you can add in this approach, this other line of questioning with another area. And if it starts to feel too much, or like you're not getting both done, then you can scale back to the one and try again in three or four weeks to add in the second thing. I always have my one thing right now for my book every day. The one thing I'm doing for the one thing is this. And then I would say, depending on the day, 
three or four days a week, I ask that about some, some other area of my life. Like the one thing I will do for my marriage is this. But every single day, I'm asking that about the book. So if your primary goal is to eat better, to improve your nutrition, then you're going to ask the one thing I'm going to do about that one thing of improving my nutrition every day is blah, blah, blah. After you have some momentum, you can throw in that question in addition to the one about improving your nutrition with something like getting out of debt or working on your side hustle or improving your relationship with your partner or developing new relationships with new people, whatever it is. I probably ask about a second or a third area maybe three or four times a week. If it's a great week, maybe five times a week. But every single day I'm asking about the one. And I didn't start adding in another area until I really felt like I was in a rhythm and a pattern and it wasn't taking a ton of activation energy for that one thing. But what we start with is what are the three areas of your life you most want to improve? Which one either matters most or has the biggest return or payoff or makes everything else easier or unnecessary? And then every day, no matter what, you're going to ask yourself, what is the one thing I can do about the one thing. And I would love, love, love if you guys get the DMUs, text me about this. If you don't, message me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. What is your one thing? And what's the one thing you did about the one thing today? I know it is simple. And I'm telling you, I believe it in the bottom of my heart that the simpler the plan and the approach, the more successful it will be. Make it a great day. I'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.